Good morning, and welcome to the First Baptist Church of Oregon City Worship Podcast. I'm Pastor John Witham. In order to show love to our neighbors and to our church members, and to prevent the spread of this awful coronavirus that has been ravaging our country and our world, we have decided as a body of Christ not to meet collectively for the month of April. However, we are releasing these worship podcasts so that you can stay encouraged, so that you can continue to worship as the church, and we can celebrate Easter because today is Easter Sunday, the day that we recognize that Christ rose from the dead and the good news that this is. We've been through Good Friday. We have waited through the silence of Saturday, and now we have arrived at Easter Sunday. There's a traditional greeting from the church that goes, the leader says, Christ is risen, and the body says, Christ is risen indeed. And we have a few people here who help us record the podcast, and they are going to be the body, but you are also the body as you listen to this podcast. And so as I say, Christ is risen, we will all say together, Christ is risen indeed. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Amen. We are grateful that you are worshiping with us together today. We pray that you are well, and we pray that you would sense the presence of Jesus uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit wherever you are.
Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear Father, we bow before you this beautiful Easter morning. And as we look around outside, we see springtime and we see flowers and we see trees starting to bud. And we know that you are the creator of that. Now, as we worship you this Sunday morning, it's different than what we're used to. We're not actually in a church building, but we're in our homes listening to this podcast. But it's a great time to worship you and to lift our praises to you. On Friday, it was the darkest day where the evil one thought, I've conquered it. Death is reigning supreme. But now it's Sunday. And it's the brightest day in world history. It's a day that your son arose from the grave. And he fulfilled his promise when he said that he would be in the grave for three days and on the third day he would arise. And he did. And for us, it's a wonderful thing because it meant that someday he will come back and those in, who have gone before us will rise and those who are here will also rise with him. And Lord, I pray for this congregation. I pray for the ones that are sick. And I pray for the ones who have had treatments. And I ask that you be with them and that you would protect them. And I also pray for those who many of us have friends and loved ones and relatives that we're concerned about. And you know what all of those prayer requests are, Lord, and I give them to you. And your will will be done. I thank you for all the blessings you've given us, even through this difficult time. It is difficult to be sequestered in our houses for weeks at a time. It's something we're not used to doing. We're used to being out and about. But it's also a great time where we can get to know you better. We can be in your word. Our prayer, we can pray more. And I hope that we're taking advantage of this time and that we're doing that. And Lord, I pray for this country and the leaders of this country who have to make these difficult decisions. And I uh, saw once where some Christian leaders are saying that they think that this might be the beginning of a great revival. Lord, I don't know, but you know if it is. And I hope that's true. Our past history has been one where we go back to being just what we were after a crisis. But maybe, maybe this time it'll be different. And more people will look toward you and they will realize that they need you, they need your son in their lives. And Lord, I ask that you be with this congregation, that you bless it, be with our young people, 
They have many prayer requests also. Again, you know what they are, Lord. And be with uh, Melissa as she leads them. Be with Pastor John as he leads them too. And I ask you to be with Pastor John today as he gives us our Easter message, a message of hope. And as I wrap up this prayer, Lord, one thing I can say is, is that Christ is risen. And if you're listening to this podcast, you can respond, Christ is risen indeed. And the only thing I can add to that, Father, is hallelujah. Our scripture reading for the morning is going to be from Luke 24, verses 1 through 12. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. 
Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered that he had said this, so they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again, wondering what had happened. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Can't you hear the rooster crowing? Rabbit running down across the road, underneath the bridge where the water flowed through. So happy just to see you smile underneath the sky of blue on this new morning, on this new morning with you. That's not scripture. That's not a psalm. That's Bob Dylan. And it's from his song, New Morning, from his album, New Morning. But there are a few songs that make me think of Easter as much as that song. Because that song gives us a a glimpse at new possibilities, at life returning back into the world. I think it's appropriate that, that Easter and the Passover happen at the same time and that they happen in the springtime. Because it's when we see life start to come back into the world. Jesus had been crucified on a Friday and the sky reflected what was going on. The darkness had closed in around Jesus and all of the evil forces that humanity could muster from the Romans to the leader, Jewish leaders who had lust for power to the disciples abandoning Jesus All of the darkness this world held swirled around Jesus, and the sky went black. But then, then on Easter morning, the women go to the tomb. And it's not the disciples. It's not who we usually think of as the the 12 disciples, or in this case, the 11 disciples, because Judas was kind of persona non grata at this point. It was a group of women who had financially supported Jesus, who had followed Jesus, who had been, whose lives had been forever changed by the ministry of Jesus. And they went to the tomb. What they thought they were going to the tomb to do was continue the process to be able to put Jesus' bones eventually in what's called an ossuary box. They thought they were going to continue to change these spices as the the body decomposed until it was just bones that they would put in a box. But what they found was something different. What they found was Jesus outside the box. They couldn't keep Jesus in. 
And what the darkness that crucified Jesus didn't know, what the Romans and what the Jewish religious leaders didn't know was the truth of the resurrection. Resurrection, in their minds and in their interpretation, was something that was going to happen after Israel had endured a long period of suffering, that it was going to be something that happened a big, a major worldwide event where all of the dead would receive new life. That everybody from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, Saul, Solomon, that all of God's people who had passed would receive new life. All of those who had been cut down in battle would be returned to their, their mothers and wives And God would reign physically from Jerusalem forever and ever. But what they hadn't counted on, what they had kind of missed a little bit, was the idea that one person could experience this resurrection first and open the way for the whole world to experience this resurrection. And this is what Jesus did. On the cross, Jesus bore all of the weight and sin of the world, and at the resurrection, he was victorious. God raised Jesus from the dead to say this resurrection is happening, not at some point in the future, but now. But that wasn't all. The women who went to the tomb, they met angels there. They went in, they saw that that Jesus was gone. And as they're looking, angels appeared. And this is strictly speaking out of the the book of Luke. There are, are other accounts in Matthew, Mark, and John about the resurrection that that tell very similar things and give us different perspectives on the story. But we're just looking at Luke today. Because these angels show up to the women and they remind the women of everything that, that Jesus had said. And they remember. Because all of these words they had taken in And they didn't understand all the time, but they had listened. And off they go, running to find the disciples. Because when when the angels tell them of all of the things that Jesus said, and they use this phrase, the Son of Man... It takes you back to Daniel chapter 7 when it says that one like the Son of Man will receive the kingdom and power and glory. They know what this means. It doesn't just mean that Jesus is alive. It doesn't just mean that the physical bodily part of the resurrection has happened. This resurrection that they had awaited 
in a very Jewish sense, but has now arrived in a very global sense. What it means is that the rule of God has come to earth, that God has been made king through Jesus. And they run to tell the disciples of this good news. It's another one of these grand reversals that Luke is so fond of using in his gospel. That the first Christian preachers were women who would not not have been allowed to to participate normally in, in Jewish temple worship as leaders. We have a a tradition of female prophets in the Old Testament. But now these women are the first examples of something new happening in this new creation that Jesus has brought about by his resurrection. Because now there's no separation between men and women. The hostility has been broken. The curtain has been torn. And the good news can be taken to anybody, from anybody, even in unlikely circumstances. Now, that doesn't mean that the disciples weren't thick-headed. They went back, and here's 11 guys who are cowering, And for some good reason, it was standard practice that when you had someone who had been accused of uh, or convicted of uh, rebellion against the Roman government, that you executed the leader, and then you started going after the followers to say, if anybody else wants to give this a shot, this is what's going to happen to you. And so they hid. There's an interesting word that the, the New Living Translation uses here. And that word is nonsense. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. And it said the 11 were there and others. And I always wonder who the others are. Because were there, were there women amongst the others and the men didn't believe it and the women did? I don't know. We don't know who the others are. But what we do know is that Peter got up and went to see what happened. And he ran to the tomb. And he got there and he also found, shocker, that Jesus wasn't there. This news of Jesus' resurrection and this day of Easter comes at both an odd time at this particular point in our human history as much as it did that particular point in human history when it first happened. Because at that point in human history when it first happened, People were desperate for this sort of thing to arrive. The Israelites were desperate to see the Messiah show up and come to power. They were desperate 
for the resurrection, for, for the reign of God to happen over the whole earth and to restore the glory and fortunes of Israel. And in a way they could not perceive and in, a, and in a manner they could not predict, it did happen. And it wasn't just that Jesus was, his body was not in the tomb. Eventually, as we'll see in the next few weeks, he appeared to the disciples. And it wasn't as if there were appearances, but the body was in the tomb. There was a body, and there were appearances. And we knew Jesus was alive. And in the midst of all of this hope of there being a Messiah, here is God come to earth as a man, born, lived, died, resurrected, and has now done something new on planet Earth. Something new that will go on forever and will not be shaken. Now, all of this comes to our world now on this Easter Sunday morning. And we're in a very weird situation. Some of my friends in the ministry have commented that Lent, the, the season of 40 days prior to Easter, has felt particularly linty this year. That things have seemed particularly dark. That the world has been particularly gloomy. And I want to, to, to stop at this point and say, I, I'm sorry this is going to get real for a moment. That this is going to get a little gloomy for a moment, but bear with me. We don't know when all of the, the spread of this is going to stop. We don't know what the future holds for our country and our world with the coronavirus. But yet, it's Easter Sunday. But yet, Jesus is Lord, and Jesus has risen. And Jesus has risen in difficult times before. There have been Easter Sundays through wars and through famines and through times of persecution of the church. And there have been, time, there have been Easter Sundays through times of plague and through times of uncertainty. And through times when there was much and times when there was little. And so I want to consider this morning, what does it look like for Easter Sunday to come into our world this April the 12th, 2020, Easter Sunday morning? Well, first of all, we have to remember that it's only appropriate that we're not really expecting resurrection right now. Because when the women showed up at the tomb, they weren't expecting resurrection. 
It wasn't as if they had wandered off for the tomb and said, well, you know, we're, we're going with these spices, but, but let's hope that Jesus might be alive. They went with the expectation that he was dead. And there's no other way around that. And we may not expect much out of life right now. Our routines are disrupted. School has been canceled here in Oregon, in Oregon City here uh, until the end of the school year, until there's no more school happening this school year. We have to wear masks when we go out to the grocery store now. We are washing our hands. By my count, it's been just a little less than a month, but it feels like an eternity. We are not expecting new life to happen. But yet, last night, as I was getting dinner ready, my wife Katie took the dogs out. And as she wandered through the courtyard, people were out on their balconies. And they were, a lot of them were video chatting with people who were far away. That's new life. It may not be new life in the way we expected it, but that's the story of the resurrection. Is that life returns whether we expect it or not. The trees are turning green. That's resurrection. The geese are passing back through on their way to Canada. That's resurrection. We look for the patterns of life in our world, even in the times of the deepest darkness. Another way we see the hope of the resurrection in this dark time is the fact that the, the news of Jesus' resurrection came from an, an unexpected source. Normally when, when something like this would happen, when there would be a major victory uh, taken by a king, it would be announced in very royal and, and regal ways, and there would be parades and everything like this. Instead, you have the women who had shown up at the tomb with burial spices running back to a group of frightened men. And in our world... We have to pay attention to the messengers who are bringing life. I'm not advocating ignorance, but what I am saying is, if we constantly feed ourselves with the doom and gloom of the situation, which is reality, If we are constantly taking this into ourselves, knowing that there is very little that we can do about it besides taking the precautions to not to spread the coronavirus, we are going to find ourselves feeling miserable. 
we are going to find the world colored in a shade of gray. But if we realize that there is joy and hope and goodness left in this world, despite this awful sickness that is going around, the resurrection says we can rejoice in that. That when there's good news, we rejoice. When there's good news, we run. And we want to hear this good news and we want to believe this good news. And so the resurrection tells us that when there's something that gives us life, when there's something that gives us hope, hold on to that. Realize that it's worth clinging to. Because the other thing that we learn from the resurrection is that the darkness doesn't win. If we believe that this world is all there is, that this present age of darkness is the end, then we are truly lost. But what the resurrection of Jesus tells us is that death is not the end, that there's a new age to come, and we both live in it now and we wait for it, that it's both here and on its way. And we don't know how things are going to go in this present age, but we know about the age to come. We know that if Jesus was resurrected from death, and if we claim Jesus, we will be resurrected as well. And we know that if the evil powers that crucified Jesus were defeated in his death to bring new life into the world, then these evil powers can still be defeated today. And I don't say this in an arrogant way to say that because of Jesus, we, we don't need to take any precautions that we can just go about living our everyday lives. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is this. Sickness, death, destruction, fear does not have the last word in our world. New life does. Because the resurrection is built into the pattern of our world now. We see it in the seasons. We see new life come into the world in the spring. We see it in its, in its full glory through the summertime. We see things start to change in the autumn. And then we have the bleak, dark, and, and seeming death of winter only for new life to burst forth in the spring again. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the central event, the best news that humanity has ever gotten. And if we cling to that now, if we cling to that now in the darkness, 
and realize that at some point, when we least expect it, new life is going to come into our world, then there's hope for tomorrow. It doesn't matter how dark things seem today, because there is always hope for tomorrow because of the resurrection. And we live into this. Because of the resurrection, we continue to check in on our neighbors. Because of the resurrection, we continue to care for ourselves. Because of the resurrection, we take very seriously the words of Jesus when he said, on earth as it is in heaven. Because Jesus broke down the wall between the two. In a dark time, it's easier to see the light. If you strike a match at night, you immediately know it. But the resurrection of Jesus is not just a match in the dark. It's the arrival of a new dawn and a new day. Amen.
We are grateful that you have joined us for worship this morning. We would like to thank our music director, Melissa Mellinger, uh, for leading us in singing. Uh, We'd like to thank Larry Crownover, our resident church trumpeter, for providing us with special music today. Uh, We thank Jim Leatherman, our church moderator, for leading us in prayer. We'd like to thank Gary Hunley, our sound technician, and Doreen Hunley, his wife and assistant. And we'd like to thank Katie Witham for her moral support, encouragement, and coffee provision. We hope and pray that you are doing well. If you need something, if you are are fearful or afraid, uh, don't be afraid to call the church office or, or reach out through our church website and get in touch. We would be happy to talk with you and pray with you. And remember, love God, love your neighbor, and wash your hands. Christ is risen. Amen.